and welcome to His Lens, My Image podcast. I am your host, Maisha Price, and I thank you for joining in on this conversation. As we celebrate and make awareness of mental health this month, I wanted to bring in a special guest who was someone dear and true to my heart, which is a very good girlfriend of mine named Miss Katrina Edmonds. We're going to have a conversation and I pray that something is said today that's going to help you as you learn and remember that your mental health matters. So today, yet again, I have one of my very, 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 very good friends here (laughs) with me. My lovely, lovely Miss Katrina Emmons is here and she's going to introduce herself to you guys. In, in, in a brief manner, yes. I just want to let you know that she is trying very, very hard not to call me her personal nickname for me. And yes, I, you know, I, it's I, very I hard. bless her whole heart for that. <laughs> um, my name is Katrina Edmonds. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm here in the city of Philadelphia. Um, I have been a therapist now. This is the beginning of my 21st year um, of actually providing services. Um, but, you know, just getting my hands into a whole bunch of different things but that's a little bit about me well that is great um so just getting started one of the things that I think a lot of people don't even understand the meaning of Mm -hmm. but what is the definition of depression and how common is it so what I want to do is I'm going to do this two ways I'm going to give you um a very uh a definition from APA or the American Psychological Association. So I'm going to give you that definition. Then I want to give you an English version of what it means so that you actually truly understand. So when you read it from the APA, it says that depression or major depressive disorder is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, in the way that you act. Depression causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities you once enjoyed. And it can also lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease your ability to function at work and at home. So that's the definition that, you know, even if you were to Google, you know, what what is actual clinical depression? That's kind of what you're going to see. So an English version for this is... Um, when you say English, you mean Ebonics for the people I understand? I'm not say Ebonics. This, this would be a definition that the layperson at home could, could, okay. could understand. So um, there's a difference between, you know, just feeling sad or just having an off day and having clinical depression. So um, one of the key things to understand is this concept of a marked difference, like in order to meet criteria for clinical depression, these type of symptoms literally need to be present nonstop for a minimum of two weeks straight. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the first things. And so it could be, you know, it's not just a, oh, no, I don't want to go outside anymore. It's this. What's outside? I, I don't I don't really no, I, I don't want any parts of outside. I don't even really want any parts of outside of this room. Like there's in, let's say I used to be a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. So it's a like it's a significant change. You know, there's a, a change in how our mood presents. Like there's a sad, there could be a sadness, a loss of interest. Um, 
there could be loss of appetite. Sometimes there's loss of functioning Mm -hmm. um, in terms of my ability to think clearly, my ability to accomplish tasks, my ability to remember things. Like I may have brain fog. So these are some of the things that I would be looking for. And it's not something I can just, oh, I'm just going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm going to will myself to get better. That's not what happens. And one of the things that I see a lot is that's one of the biggest issues that people have in terms of not being able to understand you know, when somebody is experiencing depression, they're just like, oh, well, you should just get over it. That's like telling somebody with diabetes, oh, you should just get over it. And no, you, you don't just get over it. There's active things that you can do to help yourself get better. Right. There are active things that you can do to help clinical depression go into remission. Mm-hmm. But you don't just say, you know what, it's Thursday. I'm good. That's that's not that's that's not what that's not what happens right. uh, with clinical depression. So, well, you know, you see a lot of people sometimes, especially you know, for me, I see a lot of it occur after someone has lost someone, mm-hmm. where after the funeral and stuff is over, mm-hmm. you know, they get into this place where it's like. I don't feel like I just don't have the will to get up. Mm-hmm. And they lay there. Mm-hmm. Or they just sit there and they look at pictures of their loved one. Mm-hmm. Or they keep going to the cemetery every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, keep doing things. Or they start to build shrines mm-hmm. in their house and just focus on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like you put yourself in a position that you start to feed mm-hmm. the depression mm-hmm. that is, you know, that's coming upon you. And it's like, do I feed it? Do I say, oh, I'm not feeling like I'm hurt? It's one thing to feel hurt, but mm-hmm. it's another thing to go down into the hole and never come back out. <laughs> okay, that, that, that is a very interesting way to Yeah, think. like, yes. you know, I can think about when my grandma died. Mm-hmm. That was a shocker. It came mm-hmm. out of left field. We were not ready. It was not something that we saw coming at all. Mm-hmm. We were in a regular day, and we got a phone call, and it was just like... You got to be kidding me. Today was supposed to be a day off. We celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday. What is going on here? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, life happened. Okay. And then in the midst of all of that, I continued to work. Mm-hmm. But I would tell my clients, listen, I just lost my grandma. I'm helping you. But if I break down crying, don't think something wrong with me. I'm just, I'm, I'm just processing. Mm-hmm. But then I found myself after doing all the preparation that... When that Sunday came after her funeral, it was like God had replayed an entire reeler back to me Mm. of everything that had just occurred those last seven days. Mm. And literally, I crumbled. And that next day, literally, I was just like, I don't I don't want to go anywhere. I don't don't want to do this. I don't I don't want to feel like this. I don't I don't feel like life should just go on and like we should just act like she does. She wasn't here. Um, and it wasn't so much that it was that she wasn't here. It was that I just mentally just, it seemed like a ton of weight just fell. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes for me, I was able to keep going mm-hmm. and pull myself before it was able to tip me over into the hole. But I see so many people who don't find themselves before they fall into the hole. Okay. You know, so... In that aspect, what are some of the signs of depression that are so commonly missed mm-hmm. um, in the lives of people that are some things that can help people to identify it, even if they're dealing with it themselves or know somebody around them that may be dealing with it? Okay. So I'm going to answer that and I'm going to actually take a step back. So one of the things that you were just talking about is grief. Yes. And so grief and loss is its 
own thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what can come from that, or it could have already been Mm pre-existing, is the depression. But the way you just described it, I wouldn't have come out the the box and said, okay, Maya is clinically depressed. Right. Or Maya has some type of depression or depressed mood going on. What I would have said is Maya just suffered a significant loss. And she's trying to figure out, so what happens now? Right. And so what happens next? And so you mentioned about people falling into the hole. And so what tends to happen is sometimes people aren't given the space to just be. Mm -hmm. And so it could be I'm being happy at 12 o'clock and I'm being sad at three o'clock. Right. And both are normal Mm -hmm. and both should be acceptable. Right. But a lot of times we are so uncomfortable with everything that is not a happy feeling mm-hmm. or everything that seems like, you know, could could offer a potential for someone to judge us mm-hmm. that we quickly, you know, shove that under the rug. No, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about, you know, oh, black women strong. We, you know, we just going to keep going. We just going to keep piling on, piling on, piling on. The truth of the matter is. We have to normalize the fact that there is strength in me actually being able to say, I can't go on. Right. I'm actually hurting. Right. I'm actually sad. And so you talked about what are some of the signs that we miss? Let's talk about high functioning depressed people. Very. So those are the people that are exactly what you described. Um, they're the ones that are still getting it done. Mm-hmm. But if you were to ever take a camera and follow them around when they're home, they sometimes they can present like zombies. Like they're not eating right. They're not sleeping right. Their mind is always gone. There's no rest um, for for some of the people that are functioning, uh, that are suffering from high functioning uh, clinical depression. But they don't look like what we think depressed people right. look like. Like they're not they're not cuddled up in a blanket at all times. No, because they got stuff to do. Right. Because who got time to stop? Right. Um, So then some of the other signs that we miss could be changes in eating habits, changes in patterns in terms of like clothing. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you start looking at people and you're like, do you know that you've worn that shirt every other day for the past three weeks? Like little stuff like that, or they're they're always misplacing keys, or they're misplacing things. They they're starting to stutter, or you can tell that the the uh, the cog- the cognitive uh, abilities of them something has changed. Like mm-hmm. um, they're easily distracted. Mm-hmm. They can't complete a full thought, and it's different than like. Um, and you have to be careful about this when you're talking to the elderly, because there could be some other things going on, like some uh, sometimes their ammonia levels are off and it could mimic some of these symptoms. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the elderly, you always want to take them in to make sure that there's not something else going on mm-hmm. before we just say, oh, that's just Nana or oh, she just depressed, <laughs> you know, um, but some other things that people can miss. um, Brain fog. Brain fog is a big one. Like where they just walk around and they can't even get their thoughts about them. And you can see that they want to say something, but it's it's just like it's like I I, I know there's something that I want to say to you, but I can't figure it out what it is. And I can't. And it, it would be somebody that has never had an issue with being able to put thoughts together to be able to explain mm-hmm. themselves, and all of a sudden they're struggling. It can be. Uh, changes like their spending habits. 
Like that's something that we don't like. Sometimes, you know, what people do with money is a good indicator of what is happening with them. You know, <laughs> are, are, are you taking a few extra trips for retail therapy? Right. You know, are are we... Or we just buy extra ice cream. Yeah, we're buying extra ice cream. Or, you know, um, I used to love, you know, uh, I used to, like, love butter pecan ice cream. And now I don't... Mm-mm. It, it used to be a main a mainstay in my diet, and, and, I, and I can't, and I won't even touch it. Or things that you know were my favorites, or things that I know were the favorites of like someone that I missed. I stop engaging with those things. I stop picking up the phone. I keep my curtains closed all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm secluding myself. I start to cut myself off from people. I'm late to work all the time. Um, so these are like these are little things that when you when when they're in when they're I, in isolation they don't seem like much, mm-hmm. but then when you start seeing multiple, you're like, wait, what's going on? When's the last time you showered? When's the last time you brushed? Listen, listen, malodorous is a thing. So when's the last time you showered? When when's when's the last time that you went food shopping? Mm-hmm. You know, can I see your refrigerator? Because I'm concerned that you may not be eating. You know, when, when's, when, when's, when's the last time you paid your bills? You know, it's kind of cold in your house. Have you paid your gas bill? You know, stuff like that. Because those aren't the thing. The, those, those extraneous things are no longer important. And when I'm stuck on just trying to survive, mm. I don't care about the gas bill. Right. I don't care about the light bill. I want it dark anyway. <laughs> right. But so, you want to be in the dark anyway. Right. And so, I mean, and yeah. there's tons more, but I, I like when I'm speaking to you guys, I, I want to give you things that you can be like, you know what? I never thought about that. And it right. actually like makes sense as opposed to, you know, and then, you know, the X and the Y and all of a sudden we're, we're not doing that today. Right. But I, I, I get it because when you especially, and then it seems like that mimics so many other things. Mm-hmm. So, would one maybe assuming like, oh, maybe they're just their memory's just bad. Mm-hmm. It could not be their memory. Mm-hmm. It could be other things. It could be other. So you know, it's like you gotta pay close attention to habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, anything that's occurring over a two week span. Because I remember I I had a friend of mine. Literally, we were concerned about her mm-hmm. because she was not responding. And I tell you, like if I don't, if you somebody I talk to on a regular basis, if I don't talk to you. Like, if I, I talk to you every day of the week, and if I ain't talk to you mm-hmm. during the course of that week, okay, you got one more time out to answer this phone, and um, I'm going to be she at your door. She pop up on you. If, that, and if you live out of town, I'm not knocking on your door. The cops are going to be at your door because I'm telling them we need a well-being check. And if I got to tell them, listen, they ain't been responding, all communications go up, I'm scared for their life. So that actually brings up a phenomenal point. I was having a conversation this weekend with someone and we were talking about some of the differences between um, some, some of the people that are in my generation and older mm-hmm. versus some of the generations, you know, the ones that are in their teens and 20s and early 30s and the significance of social media and you know I I'm I'm just going to go ahead and put this out you know social media is a social platform I don't use it as a diary because diaries are private and social media is not I just want to say that um so that is my that is my bias you call me old it's okay um but what does happen is that 
That's another way to start asking questions. Paying attention to what people are actually writing. Absolutely. Paying attention to what people are Absolutely. posting. Absolutely. Because since people do tend to use social media as their diary, that is usually a very fast indication that you need to start checking up on your friends. Um, and if you are so concerned, um, don't don't stop. And just, like If you've tried to reach out, reach out, reach out. Don't just think that, oh, somebody else got it. If you are that level of concern, (laughs) then you would exactly what Maisha is talking about. You know, you may want to or you may need to actually involve, you know, a mobile crisis or something to do a well-being check to make sure that your friend didn't do some of the dark things that they actually have been posting for a few weeks. Because, you know, if, if you saw me posting something and it was just like, oh, it's, it's, it's a great day for my funeral type situation or make sure I, you know, I don't want the pearls. Make sure you get me, you know, the sparkly things. And all of a sudden I post a picture that I got the sparkly things. And then I go old dark 30 on you for, for two, you know, for two, three days. And I'm usually posting two, three times an hour oh no you need to check on that person yeah because some there may be something off and even if they're annoyed with you at least they're annoyed and know that you actually care absolutely as opposed to i'll see you at your real funeral type situation so that would be another and you know that's my thing like i see so many cases of pressure and i like some people judge people who commit suicide Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, that's the devil. They shouldn't have done that. They ain't think about their kids. They ain't think about their family. They ain't think about all this stuff. They had their life going. You don't know what a person is dealing with. Mm-hmm. You don't know what is mentally going through their mind. And if they've reached the point of where they have taken their own life, mm-hmm. they didn't, none of that, they saw none of that. Mm-hmm. None of that they saw. Well, it's, it it's like be that they didn't, they feel it. like they're better. They're better off. Their family, their kids, everybody else is better off without them being here. Right. So it's like, okay, let me exclude myself from the equation so that your life can be better. Mm -hmm. And that's not always, you know, the case. And, you know, people, like I said, people are quick to judge. And I'm like, I've been at suicide store. Mm -hmm. I've stood on the ledge of my school's window ledge. Mm -hmm. And thank God for the teacher that happened to come to the area where there was not supposed to be anybody in because the path of the building was under construction. Mm-hmm. But she her felt the draft come and she like, where did the draft come from? Mm-hmm. And came and found me. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I had family that loved me, but I didn't care nothing about that. Mm-hmm. That meant nothing to me. Mm-hmm. All I knew was I'm tired of being here. I don't want to be here on this earth no more. People are mean and I'm out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I see people take their life, my thing is, I, I all I can do is pray for their soul. I can I can pray for their family because at that point, we can't talk about. Well, man, I wish I could have said something to them. I wish I could have. And a lot of times, like you said, people will post this stuff online, mm-hmm. and they'll say stuff, and we'll be like, "Oh, that's just them talking. They ain't talking about nothing." Mm-hmm. And then when they do, they be like, "Oh my!" That's when people go back in the real world and be like, "I remember he posted two days ago and be like, he wanted to see his mom." And his mom been dead for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Well, how else is he going to see her? Right, right, right. Um, I, so even when we're having the conversation about suicide, sometimes uh, when I'm talking to people, um, 
the the way that I broach the conversation is, you know, uh, it is a very permanent solution to a temporary problem. Very true. But in the midst of going through it, it feels like that this is the best solution that I have. Right. It's the same way or, or the same type of conversation I have with people who um, have addictions. Right. They start to look at it and say, this is the best way that I have to deal with what I'm going through because I just can't stop mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Right. So... And people like this may be the only way to get people to actually listen or to observe that there is something happening because me say they keep ignoring me. So it's just like, you know, you know, I'm going to show them. But part of it is compassion. Like we we as we don't necessarily walk around with the idea anymore that. I need to be compassionate to my brother or to my sister. We should be talking to people about this is a safe space or this is a safe place. Mm-hmm. And you can tell me and I won't judge you. Right. The problem is everybody feels like I'm always under scrutiny. So if I'm always under scrutiny, why would I bear my soul? Right. Why would I tell you this actually what's actually going on? So, like, we always talk about the fact that, you know, uh, Maya will call me or if I ain't heard from her in a little bit, she get a She get a, a, a text message or a phone call like, where you at? What you doing? I ain't seen nothing or what have you. And same thing with me. She'll be like, what you doing? I haven't seen you in a week or so. But we have established that we have a relationship where we can have those type of conversations. I have a core group of people that, you know, I can talk with and it can be the craziest thing. They're going to check on me. They're going to make sure I have my judgment-free zone to go ahead and express what I need to express, Mm -hmm. you know. And then we'll get to the how do we handle and help you through this part as we go through that. But how many people really have that? Right. How many people realize that they need that? And have a safe space to do it. Right. Like, we spend more time, you know, looking for the perfect eye eyelashes and, mm-hmm. and lip color and outfit. And we put all of this time in our outward appearance where people see. And the outside looks great. It's like an empty Christmas box. The wrapping is fabulous, but there ain't nothing in there. Right. And so we wonder why people are struggling with some of those things. It's just like, you know, when's the last time that you actually had a safe place to say, you know what, I'm not okay today. And it was okay to say it. Right. And you felt like your friends truly had your back and they didn't have your back because they're going to spill all your stuff out tomorrow. They had your back because they felt like as a person you had intrinsic value and everybody deserves the opportunity to feel safe and to be heard. Right. And one of the things that I notice as a counselor is or as a therapist is that is missing. Absolutely. Um, And it's not like the need for it ever stopped. Yep. So you got a giant. Gap. It's just that people are so quick to share your information. But while we're on that, mm-hmm. I just feel the need to take the time out to, I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. But what I do want you to know is that we may not know each other personally. And some of you may, I, I may do know. But I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I'm going to pray for you now. Because I don't know. The fact that God just laid it on my heart 
to pray for you, somebody needs to hear it, to know that you, somebody's praying for you, somebody's thinking about you and whatever you're thinking about doing right now to either end your life or cause harm to yourself. Or even if you're in a state of, you feel like you're slipping into clinical depression, today we're gonna pray you, we're gonna pray for you that you find the strength to keep pressing forward and to keep finding the strength that you need to make it um, to continue to be who you are, um, get the help that you need and know that people are here for you. There are resources available to you, wherever county, state, district, wherever you are. I remember you saying that it's on the back of your insurance card. You can call the 1-800 number and they can give you resources for it. Or better yet, if you don't go there, go to a hospital. They have crisis units. Yeah, they have mobile crisis. You can always dial 988. Um, that is a national number. It's a national suicide number. You can always go on NAMI.org. Um, you could always go on SAMHSA.org. That's actually the government agency. You said the number is 988? Mm-hmm. So you the just, national number is 988. So everybody got cell phones, mobile phones, whatever kind of track phone. I don't care what you call. Ask a neighbor, can you use their phone? But get the help that you need. So Father God, I thank you, God, for whoever is on the other side of this screen that needs to know that they are loved. That needs to know that there is strength, that there is life, that there is hope, that there is vision, that there is passion that they have that is not yet forgotten, that they are loved and that somebody cares about them enough to take the time out to pray for their sanity, to pray for their mind, their hearts and their spirits, God. So, Father, whoever is on the other side of this camera that needs to know that you are there with them to let you to let them know that they are not forgotten, that they're not a lost cause, that they haven't done so much wrong that you won't forgive, that you won't heal, that you won't deliver, God. I ask that you meet them right where they are in this moment, God, in the name of Jesus, God. I believe in your power, God. I believe in your word. I believe in the faith that you teach us through your word, God, to have, and that if we call on you, God, you are just Father and a loving Father, that you will come to our rescue each and every time. So, Father, I ask that you touch their hands, Lord God, that they don't pull the trigger, God, that you would touch their hands, that the knife will fall out, God, that you would touch their hands, God, that they won't pop the pills, God, God, I ask that you would touch their hands, that they won't tighten up the string, Lord God, but Lord, meet them where they are, Lord God, and pull them back to safety, oh God, I thank you, God, for that person who mind is telling them that it's no more hope for them, that everything they have lost, that there's no more to gain, but God, I pray that you restore their strength, Lord God, give them the wisdom that they need. Give them the encouragement that they need. Give them the safe place that they need, God, that will help them, God, to find safety, God, to find a community, to find a people, God, to surround them in love, Lord God, that will not discourage them or, God, look at look down upon them, but, God, that will show them that there is people who are out here that genuinely care and love about their well-being. So, Father, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. I thank you, God, for what you're doing right now in this moment in the hearts, minds, and lives of your people. Touch us now and keep us safe, God. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. 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 It's just so often we see so much stuff go on um, that goes unnoticed, that goes unheard. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like I said, it's always the aftermath. Mm -hmm. Then people be like, oh, well, what happened? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, what could I have done? When a lot of times people come around you and looking for, they come to you like, and just wanting you to just 
basically some people don't even need much but a hug. There's been clients that I've come across that, and I don't even like people touching me like that at all. Like, and that's during COVID, after COVID, I'm like, no, we good. But there's some people, you can see the level of weight that they're carrying. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all they need is a hug. Mm -hmm. To know, guess what? I got you. Mm -hmm. I'm praying for you. And And genuinely mean it. Genuinely mean it. (laughs) One of the things is, when people encounter me, you know, because I'm, I'm a little different, and yeah. you, <laughs> you're not supposed to agree so fast, oh. though, um, is sometimes, especially after, like, during COVID and after COVID, people are funny about touch. Words mean stuff. Words have weight. Yeah. And so it is nothing for me to walk up to someone and say, you know, you're beautiful. You know, God loves you. He just, he wanted me to make sure that you knew. And, you know... I didn't need anything from that. I just wanted to make sure that someone knew that they mattered. Absolutely. And it's not, uh, oh, I did a great thing today. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with me. It's the fact that I looked at you and I appreciate the fact that you exist. I love you because you exist, which is our ultimate command anyway, which is to love. Mm -hmm. And so I can hug you. And I'm a hugger, so I typically hug people. Um, But... You know, the hugging people on the street might be a little weird. No, I don't want to charge. So, you know, but I can walk up to a stranger and say, girl, you look phenomenal today. Right. And let me tell you, she's going to be beaming for at least the next two hours. Yeah. Because I'm saying it with all sincerity. I have no problem complimenting people, especially in a world that commonly wants to tear you down. Absolutely. And it may be that comment mm-hmm. that makes people stop and abandon the plan to harm themselves. Mm-hmm. Because someone actually noticed me and it's not something that I had to work to get. It's not something that I had to give of myself in order to receive. But someone saw me and actually saw me and recognized that I exist, that I'm here, that I'm human, that Mm -hmm. I have needs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like kind words. Go a long way. Authentic words. Allowing people the space to just be with you without having to say a word, but them knowing that you are there to support them is significant. And I wish people understood that more. Right. Like, if I know that just being in your presence mm-hmm. is safe, listen, we ain't got the talk. Mm-hmm. I may just, like, people already know, th- th- okay, I'm just saying this right now, just for my friends. <laughs> I don't need random people showing up at my house. Um, but, I have an extra bedroom. When my friends need a break from what's going on, they already know all you have to do is tell me you coming. I don't even need that much notice. Just tell me your your way. So I know and I will prepare a place for you to go ahead and be safe. I will make sure you have everything that you need. You're not going to have to worry about cooking. I will feed you. I will talk to you the whole nine. You know, because if you're coming to me and you're asking for that, you need it. That I'm going to make sure that you are loved on, even if I never ask you what's wrong. Because you may not be in a place to tell me that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to force that, but I want you to know that there's always support. How many of us have people or are that person for other people? And strong people need it too. Yes, they do. Strong Your does Lord. not mean that I don't get hurt. 
Right. Strong just means that I need to be stronger to actually admit when I'm hurt and admit that I need something. Right. Admit and allow for people to give care to me, allow for people to pour into my life right. the way I always pour. Because um, empty vessels can't pour. I'm going to say it again for y'all again. Empty vessels can't pour. So if you always pouring and you ain't getting poured into, what are you actually pouring? You are pouring from the dust in the dry places of your life as opposed to pouring from a spring. Mm -hmm. You have to be replenished. You have to get yourself in a position where God is able to pour into you and that you're able to receive it. You can't be so strong. Absolutely. That he can't even touch you and he can't even reach you. If 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 you're at that place, something is off. Right. And that has to be adjusted too. And so that can also be one of the things that leads to depression is that mental exhaustion. It's that physical exhaustion. I give and give and give and give and give and give. And I give until I'm empty. I know I'm empty and I still keep giving because people have an expectation that I'm always going to give. No is a beautiful word. Hallelujah. No is a beautiful word and boundaries are beautiful things. Yes, sir. Rules of engagement. Can't do. <laughs> So yeah, that's 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 what I would say. About and that. when in doubt, just go get you a fur baby. Uh, yes, this is Jimmy. Jimmy is say awesome. hi to the people, Jimmy. He says hi to y'all. <laughs> Jimmy was trying Jimmy to y'all. Oh, what an amazing conversation that was! I pray that something was said that encouraged you, that helped you to remember to take care of yourself. Your mental health is what matters, and if you don't take care of you, you're no good to anyone else. Always remember to be you, love you, and see you. Until next time, I'm your host, Maisha Price. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye.